0: please pray with me. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think with them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Summer is often a time of transition and change. We move from cool refreshing mornings and evenings in the spring to hot and sticky days during the summer if you're working or in school then maybe you transition to a a slower work day maybe fewer hours hopefully you find some time to get away for rest and relaxation maybe you personally are experiencing some sort of transition or change in your personal life the loss of a loved one an unexpected illness, a new and exciting job opportunity. Transitions are common during this time of year. Here at St. John's Church, we're experiencing transition in a number of ways. We switched to our summer schedule a number of weeks ago and Sunday mornings feel a little bit quieter without our nine and eleven o'clock services. Those of us on the staff are preparing for a big transition later this summer when we move out of the parish house in August for several months as that building is renovated and given new life. And our congregation experiences a, a significant transition today as we say goodbye to one of our priests, Sarah Miller, and her family. Uh, Sarah and her family, as most of you know, leave us after today to move down the road into Virginia as they transition to new roles in the church and at home And it's been a great privilege for me to get to work with Sarah uh, these past three years and I know that I speak for many of you all when I say that we will miss Sarah's calm and non-anxious presence. I will miss conversations that I have with her from week to week in the offices and I know that we all wish you and Chris and Peter the very best as you begin your new endeavors. Dr. James Ryan, the Dean of the Harvard Graduate School of Education said last year in a commencement speech that there are, uh, there's a list of essential questions that each person should should ask him or herself during times of transition and change. He says that when we start something new or begin a new phase in our lives that we should think about these various questions and he lists five different questions and I'd encourage you to go to the Harvard website and listen to his his excellent commencement speech but The two questions that jumped out at me uh, as as he was giving that speech were these. The first question was, what really matters? And the second question is, how can I help? What really matters and how can I help? He says that these are really important questions during times of transition. Dr. Ryan says that when we ask ourselves the question, what really matters to me or what really matters to us, then we get to the heart of our own personal motivations and convictions. This question, he says, helps us to get to the very heart of our life. The second question, how can I help, is, he says, the base of all good relationships with other people. Ryan says that how we help matters as much as that we do help. He says that when you ask someone, how can I help you, then you're starting from a place of humility and asking for direction. He says that you're recognizing that others are experts in their own lives and that they can help you as much as you can help them. What really matters and how can I help? I was thinking about Dr. Ryan's commencement speech as I started to read this text for today. It seems to me that Jesus gives us some answers to both of those essential questions in today's gospel reading from Matthew. As he, as he talks with those first disciples who are experiencing change and transition in their own lives. We're in chapters 9 and 10 of Matthew, and we're hearing today another one of the five discourses that Jesus gives in this gospel account. We, we hear the first discourse, the Sermon on the Mount, starting in chapter 5 and going all the way through chapter 7, and that's probably the most famous discourse of all the five. Jesus says really wonderful things like, blessed are the peacemakers, turn the other cheek, love your enemies, you are the light of the world, and so on. Really wonderful things. And then after he finishes that long sermon, that long discourse, he he goes out and he continues to teach and to heal and to preach. That's what's happening right before our story for today. As, as Jesus teaches and heals, he starts to get quite a following, so much so that he decides to set apart a small group of his followers, 12 of them, to do the same sort of work that he is doing, proclaiming the good news, healing people of illnesses, cleansing lepers, raising the dead. This portion of Matthew's gospel account tells us two really important things about Jesus, I think. One... He can't do this work alone. And the other important thing is that he needs the apostles' help to do the work. He needs our help to do this work. He picks his 12 disciples, and for the first and only time in Matthew's gospel, they're given their new titles. They are apostles, which means that they are sent out. Jesus gives these first apostles their charge, their their commission, a commencement speech speech of sorts. He says to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He then gives the apostles power to do this important work in his name. Proclaim the kingdom of heaven, he says to them. Things sound good so far, and I'm sure that the twelve were ready to start their new work, but then Jesus goes on. After telling them what they are to do in his name, he goes on to tell them just how hard this work is going to be. Do it for free, he says. Don't take any extra money or food or clothing as you travel along. He says that some folks will receive you as you share this good news, but many won't. And then his speech for today ends with these words. He says, I am sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves." It's not a very exciting job description. My favorite part of this passage, though, is, is at the very beginning. Before, before Jesus calls and sends out the twelve, we're told that he is looking out at this group of people who are following after him, people who are described as harassed and helpless. And the Gospel writer says that as Jesus looks out at this large group of people, He had compassion for them. He looks out and sees the sick and the tired, the lonely and the afraid, the curious and the inquisitive, and and we're told that he has compassion. He wants to help them. He wants his apostles to help them. And I I think that what really matters to Jesus and therefore what should really matter to us is that, that we have compassion, that we give, that we love, that we serve. Lots of our sisters and brothers in the faith spend a whole lot of their time talking about the importance of of saving others, and that's all well and good, but I think the core of Jesus' message today is about service to others, compassionate service. That word compassion means to have sympathy for another person, literally to suffer with one who is suffering. Suffering. Henry Nouwen, the Catholic thinker and prolific writer, defined compassion in this way. He said, Compassion asks us to go where it hurts, to enter into the places of pain, to share in brokenness, fear, confusion, and anguish. Compassion challenges us to cry out with those in misery, to mourn with those who are lonely, to weep with those in tears. Compassion requires us to be weak with the weak, and vulnerable with the vulnerable. How many in our city and in our nation might say to us that they feel harassed or or helpless or alone or vulnerable or afraid? How many in our very church, in our own families, might say the same thing to us if given the opportunity to open up and share their worries? Maybe it's a family dealing with an unexpected illness and the prospect of losing someone they love. How, how can we help them? Maybe it's an undocumented person worried that if they leave the house to go to work or to go to the grocery store, or even to come to church, that they might be picked up and deported, separated from those that they love. How, how are we called to help those people? Our work as apostles is to constantly be asking how we can help, how we can offer relief, how we can heal in Jesus' name. That's, that's what the first apostles were sent out to do, and that's what we are called to do in our day. I love the prayer that Father Michael Judge wrote many years ago. Judge, in case you don't remember, was a, a Catholic priest and a chaplain for the New York City Fire Department, and he was a, a person of great faith and great compassion. When the two planes hit the World Trade Center on September 11th, Judge rushed to Ground Zero to offer prayer and to offer aid to those who were injured. And as the South Tower fell just before 10 a.m. that morning, he he was struck by a piece of debris and killed. He was later recognized as victim 0001, which marked him as the very first official victim of the September 11th attacks. The prayer that he wrote long before September 11th is one that I've, I've grow, quite, grown, grown quite fond of, and it's, it's a prayer that I've used uh, in my own personal life during times of discernment and transition and change. This is what Judge wrote. He wrote, Lord, take me where you want me to go. Let me meet who you want me to meet. Tell me what you want me to say, and keep me out of your way. Today, Jesus gives us our charge, our commission as apostles. He calls us to go out into our church, to go out into our community, to go out into the world, to help and to offer hope to those who are hurting or harassed or marginalized. It's a reminder that what really matters and the way that we can really help others is to offer compassion May we be taken wherever it is our Lord wants us to go. May we meet whoever it is our Lord wants us to meet. And may we trust that we've been given the right words to say as we go out into the world. Amen.